Jane. And I'm Roxy. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about... Shut Shut your mouth! mouth. (laughs) Oh dear. How many times in your life have you been told to shut your mouth? Well, fortunately it was very early in my life for just a little bit of time, but (sighs) deep breath, (laughs) listeners, because yesterday we were in a car doing our last podcast, and for various reasons, that's the only place we could find that was quiet, and today we're in a nice, air-conditioned, awesome studio, so... (laughs) At least we're not dripping with sweat. Calamity Jane, let's start out as we always do. (sighs) Outside of air conditioning, what are you grateful for? I was thinking about that a lot, especially yesterday when we were sweating to death and being, you know, should be grateful for air conditioning or at least a fan. I am grateful for finding, you know, finally finding my voice because... We'll talk about that today. You know, how often do women learn to stay quiet and therefore mm-hmm. small? Or how often do women fight against that? Oh, and there's their... consequences to that too, <laughs> right? To that too. So today we're going to have some fun with uh, different, you know, reasons why we shut our mouth, um, reasons why we should speak up when we don't, reasons, reasons why, why we... we should be quiet, <laughs> right. right? At times That's it's right. like, mm. That's right. So we'll have some fun today on this topic of shut your mouth. <laughs> This is really, you know, we did a trilogy a while ago. This is really the second part of a three-part series. You remember we talked about, you know, the fork in the road, road, making decisions. Why do we make the decisions we do? And we do believe that women for all of time have had to learn how to raise their voices and and speak their truth. And take action. And take action. And so the second part of the series is really to talk about that. How do we find our voices? Um, How do we use them appropriately? And productively. And productively, yes. And we'll talk a little bit about gossip today as well. That's not productive, you guys. (laughs) So that's a heads up. (laughs) Very hurtful as well. Yes, it's very hurtful. So we'll talk about that. And then on our third episode that we will be airing in a couple of weeks, we'll be talking about... The chrysalis. Yeah, the, the chrysalis. Kind of breaking free, changing, breaking out of your cocoon. Yeah. Um, are, is, are there changes that you want to make? So I was thinking about, we we often find out that we want to make changes. Yeah. Like we realize there are some Through things life. in us that are mm-hmm. limiting us. And, and so we want to try to make those changes. But that's not very, that's not always very easy to do. To be, go from caterpillar to butterfly. <laughs> caterpillar. It is. It is quite the journey. And quite painful. And quite painful. Yeah, it can be really tight for a while. (laughs) So that's going to be our third episode in this series. But for today, we're going to talk about Shut Your Mouth. Yeah. So let's start with... Well, I was looking, I was thinking, Clammy, you know, like moving forward, because those of you that have journeyed with us from the beginning, we're trying to take you through the journey of, not that you have to listen to every single podcast, you can listen just one, Mm -hmm. but there is some kind of sequential logic of what we're trying to do here. And, and, you know, the previous ones were about, you know, you're born, your home environment, nature, nurture, then you get to high school, you make it through, whew, for better or worse, (laughs) and then you get into adulthood. And so we're going to focus on now that you're well into adulthood, for better or worse, (laughs) and how uh, questions to pose. How do you respond to obstacles or challenges in your life or lack of support once you're out of high school and, and um, freestanding as an adult? You know, how have you, have you changed? Have you not? Are you shutting your mouth? Should you shut your mouth? Do you need to talk more or less? Stand your ground. Maybe you've learned how to become more flexible in life. Or are you still the infamous, what we call doormat and you're acquiescing to everything? So that's a lot. That's a mouthful. But that's the gist of all the stuff we want to talk about. So I think it's interesting, the obstacles part. What we're, what we're talking about is when you are put into a position, it, you may be with um, some of your friends, you may be with your family, you may be at work, <laughs> but you're put into a position 
where you get to make a choice about speaking yeah. up and, and maybe sometimes your stomach's a flutter and your heart's racing, which means you know you should be speaking up. Something's up. Something's up. Yeah. Uh, but you hold your mouth. And then later, maybe you feel like you wish you'd spoken up. And I think both of us, let's take a step back for a second, because we're going to use that as an example in our work life. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> both of us have been told as young women by our mamas. children mm -hmm. to shut our mouths, followed by a little bit of a slap. Yeah, a little pop on, <laughs> mine was a little pop on the lips that if yeah. you can't do it, I'll do it yeah. for you. <laughs> Both different examples, but I, when I remember when I was told the first time to shut my mouth, it was sort of shocking because it was followed by a slap. Mm -hmm. And I think it was the only slap I ever got, but That's it was, good. I was, I was kind of gossiping. I was, oh. I was talking about my brother. I found it. I saw him downtown with a girl. Uh oh. And so I was coming home and telling my mother all about it. Tittletale. She didn't like that at all. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it was something that triggered in her. I don't know, but it was, yeah. a, it was an interesting reaction for me. Just kind of tell what I thought was. Just telling a story. Yeah. That I was. It was kind of juicy, though. Yeah. It was the gossip I was pretty thing. excited. I know. <laughs> I caught him. And plus like... your brother telling on him. <laughs> I think I was five or six. Oh. You know? So what about you? Remember the first yeah. time that you had your mouth shut? Yeah, I was older than that. And, and fair, fair to my mother, um, it was, I was in adolescence. So it's mm -hmm. a challenging time, right? Mm -hmm. For anyone going through adolescence. But I think especially for girls, because the whole hormone thing, you throw that in there too, and we can get pretty darn kooky. <laughs> and um, I've always been... Uh, more verbal child. So during that time frame, not that I didn't deserve to be quiet, but I don't think anybody deserves to be popped on the mouth. But my mother would oftentimes, because I sassed back, mm -hmm. it was her that I was mm -hmm. going to try to go up against. Mm -hmm. And she, I think she was just exhausted, yeah. you know, like just would pop me on the mouth and shut your mouth or I'll shut it for you. So mine was more around that of her, mm -hmm. her exhaustion. I don't blame her in a way. Impatience. For, impatience mm -hmm. for sure. Mm -hmm. I don't have much of that either. Just saying stop. And I remember her saying when I became an adult and you know had a much better still often could be rocky but a much better relationship with my mom that I said you know what was up with all that and she said I just felt like with you compared to my other two I had to keep a tight leash not literally you guys a tight leash around you to contain you or you would like fall off the planet what I wasn't that putting I, some reins on you yeah, yeah but yeah so that yeah. was my mm -hmm. first part mm -hmm. but how about your dad it's interesting that it was both our moms you know I, I was thinking about that too you know we talk about how you're raised in your family unit and mm -hmm. do you carry some of that with you as you mm -hmm. become an adult. And I always remember that we didn't, I never heard my parents fighting. Yeah. And we didn't fight in our house. It was very quiet. And so Lucky. what I learned about that as I got older was that wasn't healthy. Oh. It was just that we didn't, we did not do confrontation well. Okay. So anytime anybody had feedback, we just we wouldn't say anything. That was sort of the way that we were taught. My parent, my brothers and sister, when we were left alone, we would have at it. <laughs> would it you duke it physical. out? Yeah, yeah, duke it out. Yeah. Duke we didn't out. say a lot, but we, yeah. you know, we punched each other. So that that's not healthy either. But <laughs> no. I I do think of my dad. He was he was my nurturing sort of oh. gentle role model. Oh. Yeah, he, he was very loving. We we would cry when we would watch Old Yeller and movies like that together. <sighs> well, Old Yeller. So he would he would tear up and that's you know really we would beautiful. kind of be the joke of the family of. I it's oh, beautiful. here they go again. Especially a man of that generation. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's very cool very that you were able to see yeah. that. On the other hand, your family, like you, everybody was loud, right? Um, my mom. <laughs> <laughs> Me. 
And no, so not everybody wasn't. And my mm-hmm. brother and sister mm-hmm. were much quieter. They basically mm-hmm. ignored. They just, that was their coping Lay mechanism. Low. Too, too now. Yeah. And they would yeah. say to me, why do you fight with her? I'm like, how can you not fight with her? Right. And my dad, my papa, he was the quiet type. He too could tear up. So I think we were oh. actually very, very lucky, Jane, for mm-hmm. women of when we were raised, mm-hmm. that the men of that generation... Yeah. Most of them didn't, I don't know, a lot of my other girlfriends, they did, or their dads didn't even say, I love you or hold you mm-hmm. or see any emotion. So we were very fortunate that way mm-hmm. with our dads. Of I, My dad, too, when he was emotional or proud or whatever, he'd cry. Oh. But in terms of dealing with me, he would just kind of give me the hairy eyeball, the silent, the look that I'd be like, oh, God. <laughs> And there were times that when he would get really mad at me, I, he would give me the silent treatment mm-hmm. and not look at me. And you know mm-hmm. what? I almost thought that was more painful than when my mother popped me on the lips because I you just, just I, you, you know what? I just felt so abandoned. Yeah. At least with my mother, I knew she was there duking it out with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways. I guess the moral of the story there, listener, is there's different ways to be shut down, right? to be right. shut up. And mm-hmm. it's not always a pop in the mouth. Mm-hmm. That one's an obvious one. Mm-hmm. It's the kind of more passive aggressive sneaky stuff that I actually think can be even more hurtful. Right. You can't do anything with it. Being oppressed and you're like, yeah. what? What? Yeah. It's not obvious, but yeah. why do I feel like crap right now? So we are going to grow up with you listeners and, yeah. and talk about how that carries over into adulthood and into to careers. And I was thinking of a a situation where I, for the good part of until I was about 50, I would often get told, you know, speak up. What did you say? What did you Mm -hmm. say? And I felt like in my head, I was yelling. Mm -hmm. But what was coming out or being projected was this tiny voice, the small. Well, I think you have a lovely soft voice. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, when you're trying to present numbers and get, and so you said it. Corporate America. you like, what, you know, what obstacles stall you, right. shut you yeah. down. Yeah. For Challenges. me, it was that being, well, lots of people get afraid when they public speak. When it's they hard. Do public speaking. But I would have to present in front of a huge panel of people and including a tough boss who you yeah. never knew if they were going to be rude and mean and start yelling at you. Or if they were going to ask you thoughtful questions about your plan. Right. So you were always sort of on the defense. On the edge. Yeah. And so I think that I would approach those being fairly fearful and it came out in my voice. Mm. So I think it is true that your voice or lack of voice can have to do with confidence Mm. and, you know, kind of how, how true you are to yourself, what you're saying, where you are in the moment. And so for me, it was other people that would shut me down or could, you know, like in my, in my head. So I would stay quiet. I would often stay quiet in meetings. Right. Even though I knew that I had the right answer. Yeah, really smart ideas. Yeah, something to say. Yeah. I would not speak up. And I actually got some evaluations about that for the years that people wanted to hear more from me. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't speaking. You had good ideas. Yeah, I would let I would defer to other people. Okay. Let's talk about you, because there's different personalities. So I learned <laughs> Let's from a just young stay age on you. To, <laughs> I learned from a young age to shut up. Yeah. And, and you were it, you learned it well. Yeah, and then it, right? it supposedly worked for me until I figured out it didn't. For you, that that was just not gonna happen. So that was where we were different. Tell us a story about your My work story, <laughs> well into life. Probably should have known better. And and don't forget we also want to talk about the gossip thing. Because oh, we're yeah. not talking about that's right. har- hurtful stuff. Right. Finding your true voice, mm-hmm. try, finding your authentic, productive voice, because mm-hmm. there's a lot of noise going on right now mm-hmm. in our world. Just because you're speaking out doesn't always mean it's good. I had to say that. Going back to my work example. Um, Listeners, Jane used to be my boss 
way back when, I don't know, a while ago, whatever, when I was in corporate America with her. And this particular story was when I was probably in my late 40s and now I'm in my late 50s. And I was being called with a team of my peers of the certain role I had within the company to go to corporate. And they were, we didn't, I don't think we really knew this, but they were calling us in to basically say, we don't like what you're doing. We want to change it all up and we'd like to hear from you. So all I remember is being in this room, maybe there's maybe 10 of us total. I think it was a mixture of men and women. And I think that's important. Uh, both genders represented pretty fairly. And the CEO at the time was a man. He came into the room. Remember the days where, I don't know, hopefully they don't do it anymore, where they, they do that Superman power pose <laughs> thing, Jane, where you stand up tall right. and you put your hands on your hands. Well, they, they he teach started women. with that. Yeah, he, they teach women to do that. He started with that. And I tried really hard not to <laughs> snicker going, oh God, it's going to be one of these. So I'm sitting there holding my tongue and he, he starts with uh, basically not happy, got to shake things up. You guys aren't bringing enough business because I've Jane and I have always been on the sales side. And he said, we'd like to hear from you. We want your feedback. So the first woman went um, that I was, I've always really respected her. And by the way, she was the top producer of our team in sales, bringing in, bringing in more business. So she knew what she was talking she about. She knew what she was talking about. And she very logically presented her position of why she thought we should stay with what we were doing. And the room went silent. Because we immediately realized, oh, maybe they really don't want us to speak up. <laughs> and she was just there. And I could kind of feel her going, really? You guys are just going to leave me hanging? Because we all felt like she mm-hmm. felt. Mm-hmm. And I went, mm, not gonna, not gonna leave you hanging. I true raised my hand and I backed her. These are the reasons logically why I think mm-hmm. that we should continue on. You know, we don't understand what you mean by change, but can we talk about that? And oh, by the way, she is the top producer bringing in the most business. And he basically, I remember kind of got pissed at us and walked out of the room. And the second in command, which was a woman, chastised us big time. She laid into us like, I can't believe you embarrassed me. Mm-hmm. I should have con- more. I felt, she was saying, I should have more control of you than that. How, how dare you go up against him? And we're like, what? Right. This was right before we had to go home. It was the end right. of the meeting. And I did loop around one more time to say to her, I, I would like to explain my position. <laughs> that didn't work well either. She didn't want to hear. So the long and st- short of it was I got to the airport. I got on the phone because we were all in the taxi laughing at the ones that spoke up. And only two of us rest as well were quiet. And like you had said, maybe that was a career limiting move for me and the <laughs> other woman. But you know what? Honestly, I was you. I couldn't stop. Uh, it's important for yeah. me. You know, and if I was to lose my job, I don't mean that callously, but it's like I'd rather live the life I want to live. Right. Yeah. But wait, I got to tell him, Jana, when we got, I called Jane on the phone afterwards. I want you to know <laughs> uh, you might be getting a call. I guess I wasn't supposed to say what I'm supposed to say. I want you to hear it from me first. What did you say to me? Well, I said, good for you. Yes. And and here's the thing. There are companies that have cultures like that. Yeah. Where they, they might pretend like they, they say the right things like we really want to hear from you yeah you um, matter yeah we're not going to make any changes without your opinions right the, the, you know if, i guess that's called a democracy yeah but a lot of companies are dictatorial they they when they tell you something they just want your consent which is close your mouth shut your mouth shut your mouth and do what we tell you and just say oh yeah. everything you're saying yeah. is brilliant yeah that's it. And that's liar, where, liar, pants on fire. Right. And that's where you go up against the grain of your company. You or not. Or right. not. You either decide you're going to consent and mm-hmm. kind of go along like lemmings, mm-hmm. or you're going to keep pushing back. And I would always say keep pushing back, but it is, can be a career yeah. limiting move. I could have lost my job. companies. Yeah. yeah. So that's our career stories, or at least our corporate America stories. We're going to go into transformation in the next episode, which we're going to talk about 
you know, what were the biggest defining moments and the choices that we made that, yeah, that truly changed that really us and it had to do with corporate America. In the meantime, I think that um, we ha- we found, you know, what we talked about men and women. There, yes. were, there were just as many men and there as women. Also, there was a woman in power and in yes. charge who could have stood up for all of you. No, she was embarrassed. Uh, but she was embarrassed and she, we didn't behave right as little ladies. And, and didn't that. make her look good. Right. And <clears throat> there's that. But also there's some statistics around... <laughs> The fact that women really are more verbal than men. Yes. And so yes. you have some some numbers in a kind of a research article that we found. Yes. This is interesting just in general. Maybe it backs my viewpoint of uh, not being able to shut my mouth enough. <laughs> that this is a University of California, San Francisco study. I don't know how long ago. they Someone, the scientists, whatever research scientists found that there's a certain protein in the brain of little girls. And I guess they did a study of four or five-year-old girls and boys that girls had 30 percent higher of this protein in the brain that made mm-hmm. them more verbal mm-hmm. that's basically mm-hmm. what that research was trying to say you know and I know we've all heard that before mm-hmm. why do women talk so much <laughs> and men don't talk enough I mean no one's ever said that to me <laughs> kidding. I mean, there's another interesting study of how on an average day, guys, women need 20,000 words to express themselves in a day on average versus 7,000 that an average man needs. Shut your mouth. So so if we're trying to get along with men and communicate, now we have sort of an answer of try to do it with less words. And maybe they could use more. And maybe, yeah. But I well. do notice the tune out sometimes. It's like, you're exhausting me. Oh, you're, my God. exhausting me with all those words. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I've, or how about they sometimes, you know, they can just like leave the room. Or okay, I'm out. done. Yeah. <laughs> so it is true. I think women do process uh, through speaking and think about their thoughts and decision making is all verbal. Absolutely. Which... And, you know, another, I won't bore you to tears with a studies listener, but another one I thought was interesting. I don't know where it came from, but I remember my mom telling me this. I was a young woman that there was also a study of they took a whole bunch of little boys and little girls, <laughs> probably like around again, pre-kindergarten, you and know. That, the point of that is yeah. that they really haven't been exposed yet to society so much. Just their family, mm-hmm. but yeah, right. but not right. culture societies as much. They took a whole bunch of them, two by two, like they took two boys into one room, little room, and two girls into the other little room. And there was a, various pairs of them, so it wasn't just two boys and two girls. And before they took them into the room, they told all of them, okay, something really cool is going to happen, you guys. It's like almost as good as Santa Claus. It's really exciting, but we can't tell you yet. As soon as we get you out of the room, we're going to tell you. It's a surprise. And so the little boys went into the room and the chairs were set up side by side. And the little boys sat in the chairs side by side, did not move the chairs, did not really touch each other, but they were like looking straight ahead of them talking, like sideways talking, like, what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. And then they took the little girls in the room The little girls again and again and again turned the chairs to each other, Mm. often held each other's hands, looked right into each other's eyes, leaning into them and saying, what do you think it's going to be? I mean, that's telling. Yeah, very telling. It's pretty cute. It's very cute about the differences of And how they comfort each other or not. Yeah, and how do they communicate. Okay, so that, I think it's a good segue into gossip. Oh boy. Because hurtful stuff. Because we use more words. (laughs) We use more words. We like to talk about each other. And sometimes that seems like in a caring way. Yeah. So you might, if you're not in the room, the rest of your friends might, in what looks like a caring way, want to talk about how you're doing without you present. And it used to always bother me because... I would be one of those people that would be in the room and then somebody else wasn't in the room and then they would want to talk about it. It wasn't, you know, I know she's doing great. We love her, miss her. Yeah. It was, 
she's not here because of her husband or he's not, yeah. you know, it was like, yeah. it was mean. Yeah. And it felt mean. And you can feel it. Mm-hmm. Somebody's intention. Yes, you can. And I would just caution that we do get into those situations where we should speak up. Absolutely. And I think when we're in a pack, even though you, you know what's going on is wrong, very few of us will step in and say, we're going to shut this down. When I don't I, especially do this when more. it's a gossipy thing, because yeah. I'd have to say, and I don't yeah. have the statistics, I bet you women gossip more than men. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That's something I hope we all would work on yeah. more. When it's truly gossip and you mean it to be like, did you see that? She's, you know, she's put on a little bit of weight. I mean, it's just mean. Yes, and you mean. know, I remember way back when I had yeah. an uncle that he would call those people teeter-totter people. <laughs> the only way they can feel up is if they're putting somebody else down. Mm. So you kind know? of check yourself Sometimes you should. Yeah. Shut your mouth. That's right. So that's that, that's what we wanted to talk about today was the, you know, the idea. Now, Jane Fonda said something. Jane Fonda. Um, we, you know, we were starting to look at really strong women and whether, and how, you know, whether they're very vocal and she loud was. or they make huge change by being pretty quiet and thoughtful about the people around them. Yeah. Uh, Jane had her moments in the seventies when she was very very vocal about the Vietnam war. War. But at the same time, I think she's grown into a Mm. a really lovely Mm. woman. I've always admired Mm -hmm. her and I know Mm -hmm. she's not for everyone and to each (laughs) his own, but we want to focus on um, something that I share something that I think that she said that hopefully all women can relate to. And it was actually, it was during a, another podcast that I was listening to because I would encourage everyone that's listening now, listen to a lot of different podcasts. There's some really great podcasts mm-hmm. out there. And of course, this Oprah Winfrey, mm-hmm. come on. Super I was listening Soul Sunday. Super Soul Sundays and she had Jane Fonda on. So two of my uh, favorite women mm-hmm. that have ever walked the planet and still walking the planet. And Jane had said it was, you know, it was a story about something else she was sharing with Oprah, but there was sense of, of women in general. And I just wrote this down that she said, women aren't supposed to tell their stories. It's kind of like, don't you know? She was saying that tongue in cheek. Mm-hmm. But just again, back to the um, socialization, is that what that would be called? Of, oh, but we're not supposed to tell our stories. Right. And so that a little bit of oppression, sit down, young lady, keep and, your mouth and shut. And be pretty. And be pretty. And you don't, and agreeable. Right. Agreeable. Don't rock the right. boat. Yeah. yeah. If a man does that, they're... They're a man. They're strong. They have an opinion. Assertive. But what is a woman when, when she stands up and is too vocal? Well, there's a really bad word that begins yeah. with a B. I don't like right. it at all. Or right. or if, even if they try to tone it down, it's like, you're so aggressive. Yeah, aggressive. And it's like, no, I'm, I'm strong. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting yeah. dynamic. Yeah. I think we've gotten better, but it... Oh, I think I look at the young woman of today mm-hmm. and also how men in general, I, this is just a sidebar, which I am so happy for, for from our generation to daughters. She had a daughter, the do- millennials. I'm hearing so many young fathers saying, yay, I had a girl. I'm a girl dad. Girl that was never said. And right. when, when everybody we wanted a boy, up, everyone wanted yeah. a boy in yeah. general, in at general, least one. at least yeah. one. And yeah. so all you fathers out there are saying, I'm a girl dad. I think that's awesome. And I do think some of that had to do with, and I, I know some families like this now, you might be the last of the line with the name, you know, Mm -hmm. carrying a name. And that was a very strong designation of where you belong, who you are, was your surname. Right. And so the male typically carried that. Right. And now so often women are not changing their name. Yeah. Well, you didn't. I didn't. (laughs) You're listening to two of them. That's right. Imagine that. You know, where we want to end this is think about times when 
Mm. you maybe should have shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, other times when you you really needed to speak up and you right. didn't and why. And I think we will talk more about bravery mm-hmm. and sticking a Move through your fear. Yeah. Because we are going to be afraid. We are Mm going to have obstacles. We are going to have challenges in our life. That's just a part of life on Mm -hmm. planet Earth. So use your voice. I mean, that's that's the one For good. For good. Right. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? Be the good witch. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then we have another woman. Uh, We'll end with a quote, as we usually do. Uh, Melinda Gates. Yeah. Has spent her, pretty much her entire life and her wealth that she's generated independent of her wealthy husband, but they right. did a, amazing things together. Yes. Melinda Gates, uh, she has advocated for women, young women all over the world, mm-hmm. uh, giving them voices. And she says, you know, a woman with a voice is by definition a strong woman, but the search to find that voice can be remarkably difficult. Yes, it can. Yes, it can. So find your voice, ladies, and, yeah. and speak up. No shutting your mouth. No shut your mouth. <laughs> so we're going to wrap it up with our positive yeah, you know, statement we always like to try to remember to share with you guys yes. at the end. And it is, go with the flow. While doing your best. Change what you can. And let go of the rest. I'm Calamity Jane. And I'm Roxy. Peace, Peace out. out.